the school, the public school is not off limits. There is an opportunity for you here, especially because you have students in the public school, there's an opportunity for your church to make a difference uh, at, at the very least by praying for the school. Uh, another level is serving the school, but then another level then is equipping your students as missionaries to the school. Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples, moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Disciple Making Youth Ministry. We're so glad you tuned in for our conversation today as we have Travis Deans on the podcast today where we will be talking about disciple making at school. Welcome, Travis. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? A little slow. That's why the coffee. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, you had a long night. Yes. I did nothing yesterday. And apparently, if you don't do anything, you're it's more also tired. yeah, you're you're more tired. So, um, I actually had a. Uh, we're talking about school today, and so I had a question that I wanted to start us off with. So, when you were growing up, what was the lunch that you look forward to the most, either in middle or high school? The lunch. Well, I would have to go with the pizza burgers. Which I, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I, I think don't know are, if that's I think a thing anymore. I think, yeah. but, I think I might remember that. Uh, but the, well, you know, it, maybe it was a 1980s thing, but they were good. Okay. Pizza yeah, you just burgers. have to take my word for it. Yeah, they were good, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say um, there's two answers to this for me. My first was I loved when I was allowed to. This changed my senior year of high school. We were allowed to go off campus, and I could walk to a deli oh. that was right uh, near uh, the school and I could get a deli sandwich and that just blew anything else. I grew up on Long Island, so deli sandwiches on Long Island were the best. Uh, then uh, September 11th happened and we weren't allowed to leave school anymore. Uh, so then after that, it would be the square pizzas. There's just nostalgia for yeah. days, the square pizzas. But <laughs> getting a deli sandwich or a bagel or something like that, man, that just... When I was in high school, I always looked forward to chicken patties. Mm. I'm bland, man. Huh. I'm bland. Yeah, it was like the blue wrapper, blue and silver wrapper, and I would put. Did I, did I put? I don't think I put mayonnaise on it. I think I put ketchup on it. Now I wouldn't put ketchup on it. <laughs> I would put ranch on it. But uh, my kids love chicken patty day too, so they look forward to that. There you go. When, yeah. when I speak at youth groups, I always tell students we had this macaroni and cheese, hmm. and 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 you could turn, you could take that plate, turn it upside down, and it would not fall from the plate. Hmm. Like what was that stuff? Like it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> leftover glue. Yeah, right, right. It's probably there. Try to find some place to do it. So uh, we're excited to have you on here today, Travis. And you uh, are a person that when we thought about when we thought about all of the different you know people that we wanted to have on this podcast as a means to talk to them about some of the ways in which they do youth ministry, um, you were one of the first people we thought of. And the reason for that is because I think you do something unique that people don't usually do when it comes to how they think about youth ministry and the school. Um, and so before we hop into what that actually is, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. How long you've been working in, you know, youth ministry? Where are you from? You know, how did you, what's your journey, how the Lord, you know, has taken your life and, you know, put you to where you are now? Just tell, you know, you okay. got two minutes. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> tell it. us everything, right? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. 47 years and two minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I grew up on a farm in a small, small town, and uh, I went to a high school called Turkey Foot High School. And it was actually the 
kindergarten through 12th grade all in the same building, not the same room, yeah. same building. Um, and so, <laughs> um, so turkey foot, it's, I, uh, that's my claim to fame. And uh, when I s- tell students that, you know, I'll speak to the youth groups and I'll tell them that uh, there's always a little bit of laughing and, you know, um, I'm not sure why. But anyway. Um, <laughs> What's the mascot of Turkey Foot High School? Oh, well, the mascot makes perfect sense. Um, we were the Turkey Foot Rams, of course. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what are you laughing about? That's that's not funny. Um, <laughs> what, what, is there like a like a ram head with like turkey feet? Oh, like that would, that would be a good one. That uh, I don't think so. But that like would have been good, actually. A mythical creature. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. What about your, you know, what about your call to ministry? Like after you've gone through high school, what do, you, do you feel like you're a certain age? You felt like the Lord called you to ministry? Well, there was there was a specific year uh, when I felt God's calling, and and everything really flowed out of that. When I was in eighth grade, our teachers went on strike. Um, both of them walked right out the door. And, uh, <laughs> no, there's more too. Um, but so I did. I finished eighth grade in homeschool, and I went through homeschool in ninth grade, and. During my ninth grade year, I was reading these different missionary biographies, William Carey, Amy Carmichael, Ada Donner uh, Judson, uh, Hudson Taylor, people like that. And um, I, I was, my parents were planning to send me back to Turkey Foot, which uh, I think they make the, a great name for a movie, you know, back to Turkey Foot uh, with a really cool 80s soundtrack. But uh, anyway, uh, so I knew I was going back my sophomore year. And... Um, in the spring of my freshman year, I just felt like God was speaking to my heart to be a missionary to my high school. Hmm. Um, and that's that's really where God's call on my life began. Um, and so I uh, started back my sophomore year and uh, started a prayer group at the school. Uh, later on, started a Bible club, which that's that's a funny story in, in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just, you know, found different ways to... Uh, you know, we found different ways to share our faith uh, at school. And so uh, from there, I went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, yep. um, studied youth ministry. And uh, Chicago and Confluence, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, uh, share a lot in common. They both start with the letter C. Uh, mm-hmm. They both have a river, and that's about it. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so it was going to Chicago was um, crazy. Now that, now that I'm older and have kids, I can't believe my parents let me just left me there it's right what were right. they thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a, it was an incredible time uh so i came uh after i graduated from moody came back to pennsylvania and i was working with a ministry called teens for christ yep which was uh it was a chapter of youth for christ uh decades ago um and so i've been here ever since the last 25 years wow yeah. wow that's a lot so 25 years plus in youth ministry you would say yeah. Now you've. What's interesting about you is like you've sort of worked at the same church for a long time, and then but you weren't always full time. How'd that work? Right. So I was. So I started off um, with this Teens for Christ ministry full time, and then um, I spent about fifteen years on staff at my church uh, in a, a part time role. Yeah. So I was. Um, I, I had different roles at the church, but I spent 10 years as the youth pastor um, at the church. And so I have some of that uh, you know, local church youth ministry experience and parachurch youth ministry experience. And so um, both of those have—it's um, just been really good to have both perspectives, you know, to be able to look at it from both, uh, both angles. Those are, you know, parachurch and local church are two different kinds of youth ministry, but they're both—I think they're both really important 
and uh, we have we have incredible youth ministries around the Pittsburgh region. We have incredible uh, parachurch youth ministries that are doing great work. Um, so anyway, yes. Yeah. So I want to jump in a little bit to more of like the thing that you do because I, the unique thing about what you do is when if you know growing up reading all the books by all the all peoples about youth ministry. Anytime anyone would talk about you know ministering to a high school. It would almost always be in this caricature of you would go. I remember reading this Jonathan McKee book uh, called, I think it's called Connect. I think that's, I think I, I think that's right. And he talked about just like going and just strolling up to the school mm-hmm. and just hanging out on campus. And yeah. like if people asked you weird questions, you'd, you know, you'd answer them. And, you know, I'm just a dude trying to hang out with kids now. How he said it was a lot like he was aware, right? It wasn't like he was aloof on how that was sure. presented. But it was just very interesting because I, I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't know if that's me. Now, I'm an extrovert. Like, if those who know me, I'm, I'm pretty extroverted. And I, I think, like, for me, that would be a difficult move. Now, I know that you've worked mm-hmm. uh, at the local high school here on the lacrosse team, yeah. right? So you've, you've served in that capacity. We've worked together with the high school to do a ministry event. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, I, but, and usually yeah. in doing that, you, you've been vetted in certain ways to be able to be on campus. Yeah. Versus just randomly walking up because 2021 is a very yeah, different we ain't environment doing that anymore. than 2006, 2007. Um, and one of the things that I was uh, blessed by in my time of coaching lacrosse was to be able to be present in campus and known when tragedy had happened. Right. And and so. There is an element of that that's still great if you can get involved in your local schools, find yeah. ways to do that, but it's not the only way. It's not the only way to, to minister to students at the school. You don't have to be a coach. You don't have to. Uh, I know Jenna, a friend of ours, does lunchroom stuff, and she's a hall yeah. monitor, and there's all kinds of ways to get involved, but I think what you do and what you've helped other people do is, is extremely unique, and it widens the impact versus one person going on campus and doing and, and building relationships versus building up students to go do that on their campus. Yeah, and so I think the one thing the one thing that's different is that like you and I would stick to one school and then that would mm-hmm. be kind of like the place where we would spend our time. That is not true entirely of you and what you ultimately do because that's not your your goal is to equip students to be the ones who are the primary people of that. I mean this whole podcast, you know, idea and concept it you know it just it 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 basks in what you're ultimately trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. because it hits some of the markers of helping kids to articulate their faith have the courage to share jesus um uh, and and have their own initiation for that be able to teach their peers about who god is yeah so and lead their own bible i mean this is the kind of stuff that is shaping for students as they are growing up in high school to know that this is very Valuable. So we've been vaguely walking around this topic for the last three minutes. Yeah. So if you've been here for the last ten minutes, yeah. Here's here. We're going to tell you what we're doing now. So, so tell us what is it that you do, and uh, and yeah, tell us what it is that you do, and how that begun, and and what you're, yeah. and we'll ask some follow up questions. Okay. Sure. Well, let me transition this way. You know, I would encourage every youth pastor out there to think of the local high school as part of your youth ministry. You know, you could think of your youth ministry as just what takes place in the four walls of your church, but I would encourage you to think of, hey, there's a whole community of students who need the 
the family, the sense of family that our youth group has. Mm. Uh, and so I, I would encourage any youth pastor to pray for the school, uh, find ways to serve at the school, find ways to connect with the school. I always encourage youth pastors, hey, make an appointment to meet with the principal. Mm. And, and if you go to the principal as the expert on students in your community, you're going to learn a lot because they really are. They know students in the in your community better than than you do because they spend far more time with them. And so, um, I, and I've I've seen incredible things happen. You know, as youth pastors meet with with principals and guidance counselors. But the problem, of course, is that you're limited. You're you can you can go to, you know, a day one day a week, uh, an hour that day, or maybe 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 a couple times a week. Uh, uh, if you're if you're you know if you're coaching several times a week, but but you're still limited, right? <clears throat> the what uh, what gives you a greater presence in the school is your students, mm-hmm. because your students are there every day, right? They're there five days a week, seven or eight hours a day, 180 days a year. If they're in the band or the musical or play sports, they're there even longer, mm-hmm. right? So it's their natural environment, and so as a youth pastor, I want to I encourage youth pastors out there to think about: uh, Are you equipping your students? to ex- live out and express their faith in that daily environment. Because let's face it, anybody, adults included, anybody can be a Christian at church. Mm. We can all do that. Um, but can we live out our faith in our normal, everyday lives? And whether you're a student or, or a, a, you know, a 50-year-old man in the, in the workplace or who, you know, where, whatever stage of life you're in, are you living your faith in your normal, everyday life? Because if not, is, is that faith real, right? Mm-hmm. Is it genuine? And so, so we should start helping our students live out their faith in their everyday lives as much as possible right away. Um, now, uh, not only is it a great opportunity to live out your faith, but it's also, as you said, Joel, an opportunity to share your faith because students are surrounded by the group of people who typically, uh, if, if someone's going to come to know Christ, typically they're going to do so before the age of 18, right? We all know We've all heard that mm-hmm. number. It's, I don't know if it's 75% or 85%, but if, if you did an informal survey in your church on Sunday morning, how many of you came to know Christ before you graduated high school? A majority of the hands would, would undoubtedly go up. Um, so our students are surrounded by the group of people most likely to give their lives to Christ. But also, it's the group of people who are most unreached in our culture today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 50% of Gen Z uh, call themselves atheists uh, now, and it's um, you know, anyway, it's so it's it's a we encourage students and youth pastors to look at schools as though they are a mission field, um, and to, and to pray about schools as though they are a mission field, and so um, we encourage youth pastors. Listen, uh, you know, in in Luke chapter ten, Jesus sent his disciples out to do ministry. Right? He he told them, you know, go to the towns and the villages where I'm about to go. You know, he told them to heal the sick, to proclaim the good news, uh, to um, you know, to pray over the places where they were going, and so uh, Jesus sent them out to do ministry, and that was that was an essential part mm-hmm. of the discipleship process, right? If you're discipling someone to follow Jesus, eventually, they have to be able to do ministry. They have to be able to uh, serve and uh, reach out to, uh, you know, share their faith with other people. If, it, if, if their walk with Christ doesn't impact the lives of others, there's a missing part of their mm-hmm. discipleship, right? Yeah, the Great Commission isn't uh, 
uh, go make disciples. Uh, actually, your pastor will go make disciples and you just sit in the pew, right? Like there, there's this element of each and every Christian is um, a part of that call, a part of that mission. Yeah. And I think that what you're talking about is this idea and understanding of um, like when we go on mission trips or we do service projects, students sometimes get glimpses of what it looks like to make disciples, to serve others. Um, but yet this can be a lifestyle, not just a thing I sign up for every now and then. Yeah, it decompartmentalizes their life. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I'm school Joel, I'm church Joel, I'm work Joel, <laughs> right. I'm friendship Joel. So if I begin to see my world as integrated rather than segregated, my mind is actually on God throughout the day, and I yeah. actually have an open mind to seeing where God can use me throughout it. And I, and I bet you most students probably don't think that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do what's called an outreach. You, you create these outreach clubs. What is that, and what does that look like? Right. So... <clears throat> If you know, as a, as a youth worker, if you know, if you're if you want to send your students like Jesus, you want to send them out to do ministry. Their school is a natural place to do that, sure. right? And in 1984, Congress actually provided a legal framework that allows students to connect with each other on uh, school grounds, uh, where they can encourage each other, um, study the Bible together, or it could be whatever religion, but yeah, um, but they can pray together, they can worship together, and they can share their faith together. So um, there have been uh, what's typically been called Bible clubs in high schools, you know, since 1984. Uh, that law went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court upheld it. And so uh, in federally funded public schools, um, they the school must allow students to form religious clubs as long as they are uh, student-initiated and student-led. Uh, you can have a teacher who's a sponsor. In fact, it uh, requires a teacher to be a, a, a sponsor for the club, but it can't be run by an employee of the school. Um, and so that legal framework uh, provided this this concept of, hey, students can they can do ministry in their schools, and they're allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, uh, there's there's uh, um, they have the uh, for, forgive this word, but they have the right to do it. Uh, <laughs> we, we never encourage students to go in demanding their rights. You know, we, we don't encourage them <laughs> to be obnoxious. But there's a legal framework for saying, I want to start a ministry at my school. So we, over the years, we, we began to call them outreach clubs because uh, our hope was uh, that, that the clubs that we were working with, that students would be learning to follow Christ in their churches, right? You're, you're in your church environment. You are learning how to walk with Jesus, hmm. how to follow Jesus, discover your spiritual gifts, uh, be in community. But at school, that's an opportunity for you to put your faith to practice, right? Mm -hmm. To uh, to serve others, to be a blessing to others, to tell others about Jesus. And so we we started encouraging Bible clubs. Excuse me, to be outreach focused. Um, and so long before we called them outreach clubs, we were encouraging that students to do outreaches. Uh, and that we, we, we encouraged them to do a lot of different things, but the best things have been things that kids have come up with, you know, that they, that they wanted to do. So one year uh, early, early on, well, this was, um, 
I had been doing this a few years, uh, but we were helping some kids restart a club at a high school, and several youth pastors were involved in that, which which is really the best way to do it. If you have you know a team of youth pastors who they have several students that they, you know you bring them together, hey, let's do this together. That is really the ideal uh, setup for one of these things. But we were meeting with this group, and they got started. Um, they called their club uh, Warriors for Christ. That was their mascot. They were the Warriors. Um, so, and that club still exists. Uh, That's a better mascot than a ram at uh, yeah, the turkey <laughs> turkey <laughs> ram turkey foot rams. <laughs> well, you know, we we have a high school in Pittsburgh. Uh, their mascot are the Blue Devils, and so <laughs> yeah, they, they wouldn't they go with that one. They were going to try Blue Devils for Christ, but it just it <laughs> just seemed uh, weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this um, this club was starting, and a girl in the club was also on the girls' soccer team, and she had a burden to share her faith. She wanted to share her testimony with her teammates, mm. but but how do you do that? How how does a student just bring that up? You know, you just randomly, uh, you know, so what do you think of Jesus? You know, <laughs> right? So she went to her club and said, "Hey, can you guys help me? I, I want to share my testimony. I don't know what to do." So what they did was. They asked the coach, can we throw an end-of-the-season party for the girls' soccer team? And uh, we'll have a bunch of food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clara, who is on the team, she wants to share her story of how her faith has impacted her life with everyone. And it was totally voluntary. Nobody had to come. It was just a if-you-want-to kind of thing. Uh, the coach said yes. So they got permission you know, from the coach. They got permission to use the cafeteria. Uh, several youth pastors provided the food. And Clara got to tell her her team, I think I think it was the entire team, how the difference that Christ had made mm-hmm. in her life. Um, and so that club began doing more of those type of things. Um, they went, they talked to the football coach, and they said, hey, we'd like to come and pray for the football team. And the coach was like, that'd be great, yeah. So uh, he said, you know, games at 7, why don't you guys meet us on the field at 6? And so, you know, the coach, um, you know, there, there's been some, there's been some, um, you know, stories out there of, of coaches getting in trouble, right, because of leading prayers before football games. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, well, <clears throat> you know, you could argue the, the legalities of that, but students can do that. Students can do that. And, and so, if it's a school-sponsored club, as what you're saying, it's, it's right. allowed under the school bylaws. Yeah, so w- w- what you're outlining here uh, as outreach is, is really serving people to get a chance to share the gospel. Yep. And and so uh, I remember when we've talked, you, you've told many stories, and maybe you can even share a few others, of, of the little outreaches that people have done, because um, I, I think getting a picture and a vision of what this is could be so helpful for people as we're talking about what is an outreach club and what does it do. It's not just about standing in the hallway and handing out tracts and saying, can I please speak to you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. While that may not be a bad thing to do, it isn't the most effective way uh, to share the love of Christ. It's much more effective to serve um, and to do something service-oriented um, because you're not expecting anything in return. Um, so do, do you have yeah. any other stories of outreach clubs doing uh, an event or something that took off that they weren't really sure of, or I, I mean, I know you have hundreds of stories probably, but well, so um, I mean, we've had clubs that have done you know spaghetti dinners for the football team, sure, a pizza party for the basketball team. We've had clubs that have provided you know lunch or supper for the cast and crew of the musical. 
Um, we've had clubs that have done, um, like we had one club that did a Christmas party for, for the Spanish, German, and French clubs. Um, and so, yeah, finding ways to serve, but then using that as an opportunity to share the gospel. Um, so the, the, that, the club that did the Christmas party, um, and Christmas is a great time to do outreaches, but they, they invited the students to come. Again, totally voluntary. No one was forced to do it, but hey, come to our Christmas party. And one of their local, one of their youth pastors actually grew up in El Salvador, and so they had this, you know, people from the Spanish club there, and he talked about how they celebrate Christmas in Spanish-speaking countries, and he got to talk about Jesus. Um, mm. And uh, we had we had one club that uh, they were um, they were just they were like your typical just we're just going to do our own little thing here, and we challenged them. We're like, well, what if you guys did some what if you guys did some things to reach out and make a difference? And uh, and they didn't they weren't interested <laughs> they didn't want to do that, um, and that club started out with thirty kids a- in October and by April it was down to three because mm. they were, everyone was just bored with it it was it was not doing anything interesting or exciting, and so I met with the the kids that were left in April I was like would you guys like to do something they're like yes please we want to we want to do something. And so I was like, well, you know, the tennis team is practicing uh, across the street there. Why don't, how about next week, we take some Gatorades and some oranges over there, and we'll just go over and pray for them. And, and uh, what do you think? And, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so I, I you know, I was like, listen, I'll, I'll get the, I'll get the Gatorades, I'll get the oranges. You guys have to talk to the coach, just get permission. So I, the next week comes, I get the stuff and I get to the school, and the, the kids are like. Um, yeah, we um, we forgot to talk to the coach. <laughs> I don't think we can do it today. And uh, so, forgot to talk to the coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was your job. No, that was your yeah, job. That was yeah, your job. <laughs> right. I guess we can't do yeah. it. Oh well. <laughs> so, uh, being a little bit of an instigator, I was like, "Well, you know, they're there. We're here. I have the stuff in my car. Why don't we just go do it? See what happens." <laughs> yeah. So we walked across the street. And, uh, and these girls are like, you're, well, you're going to talk to the coach, right? And I'm like, well, no, because, I mean, I could, but I, I'm not a student here. I'm not employed here. I'm, I'm nobody here. You guys should really do this. So I give, them, I give these kids all the credit in the world. They went up. They talked to this coach. He was a big guy, six foot six or something. I don't know. And he, you know, they tell him, hey, we, we, we brought some Gatorades and oranges. He stops practice immediately. And you know, he brings everybody over to this little equipment shed, and, and uh, uh, he, <laughs> the coach says, these girls have something they want to say to you. It was just these three girls. And, of course, they, didn't, they hadn't prepared anything to say. They didn't know they were doing Love this it. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I love it. And I, you know, I, I, I believe it was the Holy Spirit just gave this one girl the perfect words. She said, you know, we know you guys don't get a lot of attention, you know, like the football team and the basketball team, but we know that you represent our school really well. You work hard, and we just wanted to thank you for that. You know, we're the Bible club. Uh, we just wanted to tell you God loves you. Uh, we brought some gas, some oranges, and Gatorades. And that was it. That's all I did. The next week, I go to the school, meet with the club, and the teacher, who was their sponsor, says, um, man, I've been hearing about this tennis team outreach all week. Players have been st-. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, players have been stopping by my room and thanking me for what the Bible club did for them. Uh, he said, I even had a football player come and ask me why, the, why didn't they do something for the football team. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's awesome. So I sit down with these kids, and uh, – what are you guys doing? We're planning our next outreach. And uh, they were going to do something for the softball team. I was like, well, listen, I wanna, I'd want i love to help you guys. If you need help, let me know. So a week goes by. I don't hear anything. So I text the one girl, and I'm like, hey, did you guys get permission to do that softball team outreach? And she writes me back. She goes, 
we're on the field. We're doing it right now. Like they, that, they had totally that's take, great. right. They take an initiative. Yeah. They did all the stuff. They they were giving out gospels of John. Hmm. But what had happened was they had all of a sudden they had caught the idea that uh, serving others, being a blessing to others, and telling people that God loves you can actually be fun. Hmm. Right. Hmm. It can be fun and it's exciting because you're making a difference in people's lives. And you know, I always tell youth pastors, I'm like, listen, I know that you you don't have you don't need another thing on your plate, right? You don't need more meetings, more stuff to go to. But if a student, one of your students comes to you and says, hey, I want to share Christ with my football team. I want to share the gospel with, with everybody in the band. I mean, you're going to jump up and down sure. and say, what do you need? When do you need it? I will be there, right? I think it's such a beautiful thing to hear uh, the truth that as students get a taste for sharing the gospel, for telling others that God loves them, and the change that's happened in their own life, that they just want to do that more. And, and I hope and pray that as these outreach clubs do that, that that's what these students fall in love with, is falling in love with sharing the gospel, not just falling in love with a, a ministry or, or whatever it might be. So kind of shifting a little bit then, how, how does the local church come alongside and be a part of this ministry to the schools, to students, uh, as it is student-led, student-run? What's the role of youth pastors and the local church in in all of that? Yeah, sure. So a couple things. First, you know, in the history of youth ministry, we've generally thought of the campus as the domain of parachurch ministries, mm. right? Youth for Christ and Young Life and FCA. And those ministries do an incredible job. They do great, great work. Um, but, you know, we want to challenge churches, listen, the school, the public school is not off limits. There is an opportunity for you here, yeah. especially because you have students in the public school, there's an opportunity for your church to make a difference uh, at, at the very least by praying for the school. Hmm. Uh, another level is serving the school, but then another level then is equipping your students as missionaries to the school. And so, you know, going back to Jesus, you know, Jesus uh, laid out this vision for his, you know, when he was descending, uh, sending them out into the towns and villages, right, to do ministry. He gave him this vision. You know, the fields are white unto harvest. There's this, there's, it's, they're ripe for the picking. There's people that are ready to receive the good news. Mm-hmm. If only someone would go and tell them and share it with them. And so, you know, Jesus cast that vision and he equipped them. He told them what to do, what to take with them, where to stay, you know, how, how to do that ministry. And so as youth workers, you know, youth pastors in, a, in churches, you know, casting that vision on a regular basis, your school is the perfect opportunity for you to practice and live out and share your faith. And here's how to do it. And you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. If you, if you feel God is calling you to do ministry at your school, there are other believers there that you can connect with, pray with, encourage each other, build each other up, and do things together to make a difference. Now, the other thing that Jesus did with the disciples was, you know, they, well, the other thing that happened is they came back from doing that ministry, and they shared these incredible stories, right? They mm. shared these, you know, people getting healed and demons listening to them, and they were like, wow, it was amazing, right? And what if we gave, you know, what if we not only equipped and sent our students out, you know, on a weekly basis, hey, as you leave tonight, we are sending you. We mm-hmm. are praying that God would take you and use you tomorrow in your school. What if you also, as they can come back, you give those students opportunities to share, hey, guys, what did God do mm-hmm through you this week in your school or or among your friends your you know if we gave them the chance to tell those stories oh my goodness you know I, that would be incredible and so um 
So, you know, youth pastors, we, we, I want to encourage them to, you know, equip, send, and then, and then celebrate. Celebrate mm-hmm. what God does through your students. Uh, we, had a, we had a youth pastor who, um, he helped his students start a club at a, a local high school, and um, he, he basically, you know, he, he invested some time in it. You know, it, he went to the school, and the school actually asked him to come and be there on a weekly basis. That doesn't always happen, mm-hmm. uh, but they asked him to come and be part of that club, and so he did. And um, uh, he, I think he had, I don't know, four, five, six students that were at that school over the course of that school year, he, he had 30 to 40 students from that school coming to his student ministry as a result of him being involved in that club. Uh, and that's not, you know, again, that's not, the, that's not the only way a youth pastor can connect with a high school, but your students give you an open door. Because if, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get into school on your own, you know, you're, you're looking for a way to get in. But if, you, if your students who are already there are inviting you to come, would you come and speak to our group? Would you come and be a, a coach for our club? Would you come and bring you know twenty pizzas for the you know for the football team? Right, that that mm-hmm. invitation gives you an a open door and reason to be there, an opportunity to interact with mm-hmm. with other students, with administration. Um, it's wow. just it's a cool opportunity for church youth pastors. I have like five questions. They're sh- they're they'll range from easy to more in depth. Um, how long have you been doing this model of ministry of going into uh, a school? You're at least meeting with a student, getting a student set up to be in that position where they're leading a club. How long have you been doing that? Uh, 25 years. How many yeah. active clubs are there right now? Well, there have been as many. I think that we've had as many as 50 that we've been working with. Right wow. now, there's not near that many because of you know, COVID. COVID yeah, wiped COVID. Out. Yeah, for yep. sure. Yep. So reboot everything. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Um, what have you seen? I think this is my, oh, no, no, no. which one do I want to ask first? <laughs> I got two questions. Okay. What have you had to tweak over the years? Uh, what did you come to discover after, you know, because that's, that's a little bit of what this whole podcast is about, is recognizing that when you've been existing in the same ministry for so long, you've seen the results. You got to do a little tweak to, you know, maybe the, the approach or the, the vision behind it. What are some of the tweaks that you have made with this over the years? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, so, I guess the I guess the biggest thing is um, if you are thinking of this as, "Hey, I want to give my students a chance to do ministry," uh, you have to be able to to uh, give them a plan, right? You don't you don't want to send them in there with no mm. idea of what they're doing, right? Right. And so, uh, so we, we have in recent years been really encouraging students uh, to plan their weekly meetings. Uh, and, we, and this came from a, a national campus ministry alliance. Uh, it's called Campus Alliance. Uh, and, the, and it goes like this. Uh, each week of the, of the month, there's a specific focus. Uh, first week, the focus is on prayer. Second week, the focus is on care. Um, which is a little more of an inward focus, right? Uh, the prayer week is more of an upward focus. Uh, third week we call share, which is outward focus, right? Um, so equipping students with a plan, that, that's been big. That's been a, uh, uh, to make sure that they know, that they know what they're doing. Um, I, I, you know, uh, honestly, um, 
the the law that allows these clubs has been the same. Uh, sometimes you'll run into principals or, or administrations that are not familiar with it. And so as administrations change, and they do, just like youth pastors, <laughs> uh, sometimes you have to adjust things with, with hmm. the current administration, yeah. and you have to uh, rebuild a relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, you're always dealing with turnover of students, right? Right. Yeah, that's constantly... probably a huge problem. Yeah. Which... Well, and, and just in regards to anyone listening to this knows students or has worked with students, and we all have as well, um, with that idea in mind, the turnover in students, but also the commitment level uh, of students can be very yes. wavering. Um, how have outreach clubs found that uh, passing off of leadership or bringing in new leadership? Because it's one thing to say, like, if Joel or I or a youth pastor or you are leading it, um, we're there weekly to lead it. When it's relying on students, how, how, have, how have you found out ways to do that, to build up new leaders, to transition in new leaders so that we're not running out of or running into uh, clubs going away just because no one's willing to lead it? Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, my, the thing that I do the most is going to clubs or youth groups and sharing stories. Mm. I'll share stories of you know things that other students have done to cast that vision of, listen, uh, here, here's things that you could do. And that's really important for new students to hear uh, because for a lot of students, they, there's no connection between, they just don't think they can do anything sure. related to their faith at school a lot of times. Uh, so telling for me, telling those stories has opened up doors that like, whoa, we can we can do something. So, mm. uh, but in terms of like uh, more practically speaking, the we, we always encourage kids to when you have one of these clubs, you should have a team of leaders. Mm. There should you, know, you shouldn't have one person doing everything. Uh, we we encourage them to have four people who are, you know, there's you have the you have the typical president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, right. We encourage them don't instead of doing that do something that's more gift based where you have someone who's the the motivator someone who's the organizer someone who's the more of the pastoral person someone who's more of the publicity and uh get the word out person so a little more gift based uh mix and and, and as students do that you know, we encourage them listen make sure you're getting underclassmen involved in those roles right and and every for every student who's a senior leader of a club, we tell them, listen, your, your big job this year is to train and raise up leaders for the next year. But this is also where youth pastors can be really helpful because that transition uh, can get, I mean, just to be honest, the transition can be messy at times. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? I believe it. So if, a, if, there, if you have a youth pastor in place who's the, the coach or, or a, a group of youth pastors, a lot of times they will help guide that transition process and help the, help the kids work through that. Um, you know, a lot of clubs uh, in schools do elections. Elections are not, they're not really the best way to, uh, you know, <laughs> to bring about new spiritual leadership, <laughs> right? Uh, so we encourage them to do more of a nominating process, right? So they can uh, cast lots too. Yeah, yeah well, there you <laughs> Oh, that's biblical. Cast um, some lots. Throw some sticks down. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like one one way, an alternate way of doing an election would be 
you know, on a sheet of paper, who who in this club do you believe is, is their walk with Christ is just admirable, right? And who in this club do you believe uh, is really committed to making this club succeed? And you write those names down, and those become your candidates for for leadership in the, mm. you know in the future. So it, it helps to have a youth pastor uh, help guide that process. Sometimes teachers help with that too. But, yeah. Um, did I, did I answer that? No, no, that's no, good. Yeah, well, and, and I think that what you've described is, is also very similar to uh, student leadership teams, right? And, and I think that it, it just it takes on a different air. And I know Joel and I, we've been a part of at sometimes trying to get a club started up. And the thing that we've run into that's the challenge is do we have leaders ready to yeah. lead? And, and so I think that as we're talking about this and something that I've been thinking about and praying about more as we work with preteen and middle school students is who am I seeing that could eventually be a leader of a club? And, yeah. and, and instead of just pushing them to always invite friends, cause usually it's those same kids that are bringing friends to youth group that are doing those things are the ones that are going to step into leadership. But I'm always constantly trying to think who could take the reins of a club like this at Pine Richland or at Mars and the school districts that we're in. Um, and that, that's usually the biggest challenge. So as churches, are we discipling our kids to be leaders? Yeah. Or are we doing all of the work for them, giving them scripture on a platter just to consume and kind of cross our fingers that a leader pops up? Yeah, I, yeah. I, this transitions me to maybe our kind of our last portion of this. I also looked at my phone and I actually have to pick up my kids off the bus soon. So, <laughs> so as abbreviated as you possibly can, but... Imagine you're a youth pastor's here in this. What's the process? You know, if, yeah. you know what's what's the process of getting uh, from uh, idea to uh, actuality? Okay. Um, so, actually, answering both your questions, you know, again, um, telling stories that help cast that vision is so important because, again, kids don't think they can do this. Sure. They don't think they're allowed to do this. They don't think this is even possible. They've never even heard of such a thing. I had a girl once, I spoke at a camp, uh, in uh, summer camp, and uh, you know, shared some of these stories, shared this vision of reaching your school. She came up to me afterwards and said, I've never heard anything like this. It's like, I used to hate school, but like it could be totally different now. <laughs> and that girl went on to not only lead her club, but she did incredible outreaches uh, with that club in their school. So, so there's that. And then the second thing is uh, uh, you know, the students, then you need a teacher who will sponsor it, uh, who will host the club, uh, a meeting place, a meeting room, a day and a time. Uh, then you need a, a letter that you write to the principal requesting the club. And, and we, ha we have a sample letter that we give to students and youth pastors. You know, as, it's written as respectfully as, as we right, can, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And, so, and so you write that letter. Uh, perhaps there's a follow-up meeting if the, if the principal requests it. Uh, and, then, and then you, you, know, you need a name, a mission statement, uh, you plan your first meeting, so not not unlike starting your youth group in the fall, right? You, yeah. you have your fall launch, and so you have a you choose a launch day. Um, we always encourage students, uh, you know, the same day, the same time, the same place, uh, as much as you can, because people they'll forget if you don't right. keep it consistent. Um, so I mean, those are those are the basics, uh, and you know, choosing that student leadership team ahead of time uh, mm -hmm. is is helpful. Um, but there's uh, we have we have a a how to guide that we that we give to youth pastors. If you know if, if you're listening and you want to get a copy of that how to guide, you can um, get it. Give it to Jeremy and he'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be there. But how how can people? There we go. 
find out the information because I know the guides you have and the, the workbooks you have. I got a outlines. couple stacks of them on my yeah. desk. <laughs> I've got one of the Outreach Club uh, stickers on my mug. Like, yeah, right. You've got some stuff to help get the word out. How can people get in contact with you and see this information? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my email address is Travis at OutreachClubs.com. Uh, Travis at OutreachClubs.com. Uh, or you can call me, 724-322-1130. Um, if you brave, do. Yeah, brave <laughs> man, brave to the five listeners, you know, just get the uh, one wrong person. So if you actually still make phone calls, right, um, right, right. Or text, you could text. <laughs> yeah, you could text. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's good. Yeah. And we'll, we'll link all that information down below. Uh, Travis, first, I just want to say thank you yeah, for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so helpful to just get this as an idea out to people because I think you're right. There's people that have just kind of written off the schools as a, as a place that we can't have any impact uh, and that the only way to make impact is to get kids to show up to our ministry nights. And uh, that is missing a huge part of what it means to go and make disciples yeah. uh, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Uh, and so uh, I'd encourage those of you that are listening, uh, look into this, pray into this. Do you have students who could be leaders? Um, is there an already existing Bible club that could use some rejuvenation. Mm. Uh, Many schools have a Bible club that exists solely for itself, Mm -hmm. um, like many churches, that that need a reminder of what our mission is. Uh, And I can speak from uh, my own experience. I mean, one of the the leaders we have on staff, the reason she's on staff with us, she was a student that came through our ministry. She didn't make a Bible club, but she was part of starting a, a prayer club on the mornings yeah. and, and like she was so active in her faith outwardly that it made a solid foundation that when she went to college and she continued staying plugged into those ministries and so i think that if we're talking about how do we disciple kids to stick in the faith mm-hmm. a big part of this is letting them go make disciples yeah um and getting a taste for what it means to be a Christian. Because I think the biggest challenge that I see in adult ministry and adult discipleship is convincing adults that the job that they're at is a mission field, that the vocation they're in is a mission field. So Mm. if we could teach these things to kids and students and they get a taste of, hey, my school was a mission field, just the same way my college can be a mission field, just the same way my business can be a mission field, we've really altered the way that people or it's young people and the next generation look at disciple making. And I think that's important. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank Absolutely. you for those yeah. of you that stuck through and uh, listened. We had a lot of technical difficulties behind the scenes, but we are good now. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a good conversation. Yeah. And again, uh, all the info will be down in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you on the next one. What are we talking about next time? I don't know yet. I don't remember either. We don't have anybody. Oh, that's right. We'll so if you, yeah, if you want to come on the podcast. you want to come on the podcast. And we'll pay you to be on here because we don't make money on this podcast. No, this is uh, solely for the, uh, the, be- the benefit and the, the growth of the local church. So Amen. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcast. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one.